If any of you have been a part of a mastermind, you know how powerful they can be. I've been a part of multiple masterminds and love the experience, the growth, personally and professionally, that I get from them. My guest today is the author of View from the Top and Mastermind Blueprint. So when I had the opportunity to have him on the show, I jumped at it. My guest today is Aaron Walker. I am your host, Tim Douglas, and this is the Inspired Way Podcast. Welcome to the Inspired Way Podcast. This show is designed to inspire and empower you to face the daily storms of life with passion, strength, and courage. We believe that we can be transformed by the testing of these storms, growing stronger, not wavering in our faith, and a knowing that our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, we'll be perfect and complete, body, soul, and spirit. For we seek to control the controllables and nothing more. Our goal with this show and company is to keep a posture of learning by renewing our minds daily and taking action on what we have learned so that when the storms of life come our way, we are ready to face the storm. We, 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 we are ready to face the storm. Welcome back to the Inspired Way, my friends. I am excited to share with you yet another great conversation with my guest today. But before I do so, I just wanted to say thank you guys for following. Thank you guys for tuning in and sharing this uh, podcast. I'm actually kind of, I normally don't look at the numbers, but I just happened to look at the numbers today. I was kind of working on a few things and I saw the growth and I was pretty, pretty uh, happy about that. So thank you guys so much. Uh, This isn't necessarily just me doing all this. I truly believe that you guys are also helping me. So I appreciate all that you're doing to to share this podcast with others, as well as uh, leave a rating and review. That goes a long ways because the more ratings, more reviews that we receive, uh, the higher we are in the, the categories and algorithms and whatnot. So thank you guys so much. And so if you want to support this podcast, you're like, hey, I love what you're doing, Tim. Love the message. I want to support it. There's multiple things you can do. Number one, go to my website at timdouglasinspires.com and sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to start putting out some things uh, via newsletter uh, solely from through the newsletter, but there'll also be a weekly uh, quote that's really kind of stood out for me that week, as well as um, highlights of the episodes, just in case you've missed it, or maybe there's something else that you know you didn't pick up on. So I'll have some of the highlights from that, and then some other uh, kind of what's coming ahead. So you definitely want to tune into that. Also, we have um, merch now up on the store, so check that out. And then our sponsors. Guys, that's another way of helping support us, but supporting brands that I truly believe in, and that is Naked Warrior Recovery and Salty Bridges. Go to timdouglasinspires.com forward slash partners and check them out. Salty Bridges uh, is just great, a skin barrier to help you, whatever you're doing out there, to help you stay chafe-free and blister-free. And then Naked Warrior Recovery is a recovery product, CBD product, as well as just wellness product. I use them every single day. You've heard me talk about the super greens. Every morning, I take my super greens. The gummies at night help me get a great night of sleep and recover through sleep. There's many other products, so check them out. They are also, there's also promotional codes on that site, at timdouglasinspires.com forward slash partners. Use those promo codes when you punch it in. doesn't cost you any more, but that promo code saves you 20%, and it also gives... Um, they, as a thank you, they give me a little kickback as well. So thank you guys for supporting these amazing brands. All right. My guest today, as I mentioned already, Aaron Walker, he is the founder of View from the Top. 
He is the author of View from the Top. He's also the author of The Mastermind Blueprint. Now, Aaron didn't just start out building masterminds. This was such a treasure to have him on the show. Reminds me of another guest that I had on the show a while back. Actually, it was in 2020. And just a wealth of knowledge. And it was so awesome to have him on the show because Aaron started building his businesses at age 18 and actually earlier but he owned his first business at 18 which is just impressive he went on to build multiple businesses until one day he um, was in a tragic storm probably one of the biggest storms of his life where he uh, was on his way home wasn't his fault but he hit someone and killed a pedestrian and you can imagine you can imagine the emotional turmoil, the motion, uh, the, the just the the challenge of hitting someone and then finding out you've you've killed them, and so we talk about that story, how we fought through that. But then on the flip side of all that, how he actually got into masterminding, because at that point he was done. He didn't want to do no more. Someone challenged him and says, "No, nope, you need to train others." <laughs> you know, I think of the 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 phrase "Don't die in the chair" by Chad Wright, right? So he was. Um, actually ready to just go down into the Bahamas or Jamaica or somewhere and just retire uh, into into oblivion. And so it's like, no, you've got more to offer. And so he took that advice and he's become uh, an author to write the Mastermind Blueprint. He's got the, a large mastermind changing people's lives. They actually have a program to help you develop um, a mastermind for yourself if you're looking to do that, to, to surround yourself with other like-minded people. So we talk about how to find a mentor as well and the importance of having a mentor. So there's just so much in this. I don't want to uh, carry on too long here just because I really want to get into this. This was such a fun episode. Like I said, it was a wealth of knowledge just talking to Aaron. So I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Here's my conversation with Aaron Walker. I'm excited to have you on today and, and share you know, your knowledge, your wisdom with the audience, with the listeners. And, uh, you know, but this, this whole episode, my thought on this episode and how we could go with this was just, you know, it's about the inspired way. It's about facing storms in life and, and not trying to avoid them. You know, the more we avoid them, the more it just increases the amount of time we deal with them, the stress we deal with them, frustration. But when we hit them head on, you know, it decreases the amount of time, stress, frustration that we have to deal with it, much like the buffalo. Mm-hmm. And so the buffalo heads into that storm and he gets through it. It doesn't mean he's exempt from the storm. Sure. It just means that, you know, he's, he's going through it. He's learning as he goes through it. And so I know you face some storms. So just so for the listeners that don't know who you are, but I would love to hear maybe some background on what, because I know you've gone through some storms in life and then transition into really where you are today, because uh, here's the cool thing about the Buffalo too. You never see a lone Buffalo going into a storm. He's going in with a herd Mm -hmm. and you're like the mastermind guy. Right. And so having people around you to go through life with, whether it's in business life, that kind of sort of thing. So I'd love to hear like some of your you know background, kind of where you're at uh, in your life. And then maybe some of the storms that you face and how it got you into creating masterminds and surrounding yourself with quality people. Yeah. I'll give you a little context uh, for what's going on for me. Uh, 61 years. I've been a native Nashvillean, Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. I love Nashville. Uh, 
people always say, man, where would you live if you could live anywhere? And I said, well, I can live anywhere. And I do. I choose Nashville because <laughs> it's such a great place. I mean, it's, you know, the epicenter of Southern hospitality and mm-hmm. people here are just absolutely amazing. I think it's the number one destination in the country. Wow. Currently, yeah, Nashville is a lot of people moving in, but that's okay. I like uh, growth and yeah. uh, I don't like the traffic as much, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. A lot of good things come with, you know, we're getting a new stadium and new soccer field, recently largest soccer field in the country was just built here, not 15 minutes from where I live. And wow, uh, it's just a great place to live. Married 42 years uh, awesome. to Robin, Congrats, my childhood man. sweetheart. We have two daughters. I have five grandchildren. That is the very reason mm. I get up every single day. <laughs> uh, they range in age from six to 20. My wow. oldest granddaughter is about to finish her first year of college this year. So that's been a fun experience. Um, you know, I started uh, my first business, Tim, when I was 18 years old. Uh, wow. Didn't want to go to college. Started working when I was 13. When I was 18, I met a couple of guys in the insurance business that had quite a bit of disposable income and I approached them and I said, Hey, why don't we start a business? And we did. And so yeah. uh, I was an equity partner. I owned a third, uh, the two persons with the resources owned two thirds. And I spent the next nine years building a business that we sold to a fortune 500 when I was 27, oh, uh, that presented some real unique opportunities for me sure. as a guy. I was broker than a convict, you know, when I was 18 yeah. and, then I was able to do some pretty cool stuff from the time I was 27. I took about 18 months off and I said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, kind of check out this life of leisure for a little while. And, uh, that didn't last very long. I gained 50 <laughs> pounds in 18 months. I was getting in the bed mm. in the middle of the day, got really depressed, bored, um, played a lot of golf and fished, but you can only do that so much, right? It's right. really alluring. And it is for a little while. But I had no purpose. There was no reason to get up, you know. And so my wife woke me up from a nap and she said, this is not what I signed up for. And Mm. I'm like, yeah, I get it. So I went and bought half of the company I started with when I was 13 years old. And we grew that company four times the size it was when I bought it over the next, say, 10 years. And by this time, I'm 40 years old. Uh, Life is really good. Uh, I'm working three days a week. My partner's working three days a week. And we met every Wednesday morning at my church. There were five of us and we would pray Mm. for our families and pray for our church and, you know, pray for our businesses. And uh, I had just left there. It was 730 in the morning and uh, I was about a mile, mile and a half from my office. And uh, a guy was crossing a four lane major highway to catch a bus and didn't look my way. And Unfortunately, uh, I ran over and killed a pedestrian that day. Mm. It was a really, really difficult time. We'll kind of come Mm. back and unpack that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But the stress got to me pretty bad, and uh, I sold the business that I owned at that time. I said, hey, I've been chasing money my whole life, and uh, I'm going to take a break. So I took five years off. I didn't do anything, kind of got my legs Mm. back under me. I gained the 50 pounds again, and my wife said, here we go again. So uh, History repeating. Yeah, we we had built a house during that five-year period and really admired the contractor's work and went to him and said, hey, why don't we take my business experience and 
uh, take your skill and let's put it together and grow this business. And we did. We became the number one builder in Middle Tennessee for three consecutive years. Mm. And then uh, I turned 50 11 years ago and I decided to retire the third and final time. My wife said I've retired more than the law allows. So I retired <laughs> and she goes, is this it this time? I said, this is it. Like I'm yeah. done. Well, I'd been involved in a mastermind group with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham and Jeff mm. Mosley and Ron Doyle. Some of those names may or may not mean anything to your audience, but mm-hmm. Dave and I had become very good friends in the early 90s, and I sponsored his show for about 21 years. We developed a real close friendship, and uh, when I retired, Uh, Dan and Dave said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to go down to St. John in the Caribbean, buy me one of those little tiki huts, and I'm going to rock myself into an oblivion. And they started (laughs) kind of chuckling a little bit, but Dan pointed that little short stubby finger at me. And he said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. Mm. And I'm like, what? I've been working since I was eight years old. And he said, no, you need to take your experience at that time. Robin and I've been married over 30 years. We had owned a dozen businesses over the course of that time. So you need to train and teach other people. And I said, man, I don't want to coach. Like, I'm tired. He said, well, take a break. But he said, uh, you, you need to reinvent yourself and you need to start coaching. So I did. A couple of guys I met in Stephenville, Texas, and one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I started coaching them. And they were making a lot of progress. And someone encouraged me to get on a podcast. And so I reached out to John Lee Dumas on Entrepreneur on Fire. And he had me as his guest. And overnight, I had 15 one-on-one clients as a result Mm. of that interview. And I said, man, I can't coach 15 people. Like, I'll be exhausted. So I said, you know what? I'll start a mastermind. Because if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go with a tribe. And so uh, I formed Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind. Man, it seems like I haven't turned around three times and I looked up and now we've got 150 members. We're in four different countries around the world. God just keeps sending us amazing people that really want to go far. Uh, We deal with men in their totality. We deal personally, professionally, and spiritually. So we have some very, very successful entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, We have guys that want to be very successful and they're trying really hard. And we've built a brotherhood. So Mm. here we are today with uh, fabulous people from all over the world. And uh, they have become the trusted advisors for one another. So that's a little bit of my journey. Yeah, that's uh, there's so much there to unpack, of course. Right. And I love, though, the whole tribe thing. And I definitely want to come back to that. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear, like, uh, just the challenges that you faced after, um, you know, life's going great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a storm hits. Um, a lot of times we're, you know, sometimes storms are self-induced and then sometimes it's just external situations that happen to us and just life. Yeah, exactly. Life happens. And so here you are, you know, humming along, things are going great you know, living the life three days a week, just work, you know, and then the rest is taking care of itself. And then, you know, you hit a guy and tragically, you know, kill him. So like, how did that impact you mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Like, how did you even maybe physically, because I'm sure like physiology came into that somehow, you know, because it obviously it seemed like it was a transitional point for you to like, okay, I, I need to 
I need to take a break. Yeah, here's here's what I came to realize. We had, uh, as I said, I was raised a really poor kid. Like my dad was a general contractor. He built houses, but you know, he probably never made over $15,000 a year in his life. We lived in a 600 square foot house. There were four kids. Wow. Uh, we didn't have any money. Like I know what broke's about. My mom would put canned yeah. goods in the pantry in the middle of summer. So we'd have something to eat in the winter. You know, she'd nail a board over part of it. I mean, literally I like, I know mm. what poor is about. Mm. And, uh, I wanted more. I wanted better. You know, I wanted my family to experience better. And so, uh, I really started pouring myself into working and I had a great amount of success financially. Um, at least to my standards, it was a great amount of success, but what I realized, uh, after the accident that nobody cared about my financial success, but my family, mm. And I thought about legacy. I heard the term used a lot. And I said, what would my legacy be if it had been me that had died that day at 40 years old? And uh, I was embarrassed to admit what my legacy would have been. My legacy would have been poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money at age 27 to retire and nobody cares. And man, the weight that I felt after thinking through that, I was like, man, that is not what I want my legacy to be. Like I want Tim Douglas's life to be better as a result of having known me. Mm. And that's what I want my legacy to be. I wanted to be a dad that was available. I wanted to be a husband that was available. I wanted to make an impact in my community. I wanted my life to count. I wanted it to matter. And the only people that mattered to were Robin, Brooke, and Holly. You know, we had a place in the mountains. And after that, we bought a place on the beach and we built a big house here in Nashville. And, you know, we had the fancy car and the gate. And, you know, it was like, man, I've, I've really just isolated myself is what I've done. And I've really not poured into the lives of other people. So I wrote a book a few years ago called view from the top, how to live a life of success and significance. And that's what was missing for me. It was the significance. Yeah. And so I said, you know, God, if you'll give me another chance, uh, I'll be the giver and not the taker. And I'll turn my focus outward instead of inward. Mm. And the irony of that is since I made that conscious decision, we've been a lot more significant in the lives of other people, but I've been more successful financially than ever before. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, when you get things in the right order, how Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. works out. And so, yeah, the, uh, the things that I was feeling was alone. Um, I was feeling scared. Uh, it wasn't my fault. You know, people testified that you know, I was going right. I wasn't doing anything wrong. What we found out was he couldn't see well. He was 77 years old. Oh, man. His name was Enrique. He was from the mm-hmm. Philippines originally, and he had moved here and he had retired. Uh, we found out later that he was best friends with my personal physician. Wow. Uh, lived here in the community. And he went out on my behalf and spoke and said, hey, this is a good family. And There was never any repercussions as a result of it, Mm -hmm. other than the fact that that was somebody's dad, somebody's husband, somebody's brother, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to work through that and Mm. called our legal counsel and they said, whatever you do, man, don't contact the family, you know, stay away from that. And I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, the humanitarian thing to do is to contact the family. So I did. Mm-hmm. called and got their number. And I called and uh, Enrique's daughter answered the phone and I introduced myself. And I said, like, what do you say? 
you know? Yeah. And I just said, uh, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. I mean, it was very unfortunate. And she said, Mr. Walker, he had been warned over and over not to travel alone. He couldn't see good. And wow, you know, I drew that straw. And um, mm-hmm. she said, uh, my mom is really not in a position to talk to you. And I said, hey, I just want to pay my condolences. I just want you mm-hmm. to know that I'm sorry. I want to fast forward because there is a little bit of strange twist to this story. We'll come back sure. in just a minute. So if I could fast forward five years, uh, my dad uh, had lung cancer and he was in ICU at the hospital here locally. And we sat with him day and night. And for about the last two weeks of his life, he was in ICU. And I left one day for lunch and I came back and my mom was acting really weird. And I said, what's Mm. what's going on? She said, nothing. And I said, bull, what's going on? Like you're acting really weird. And she said, well, I didn't want to tell you. And I said, well, I thought it was about my dad, you know, and she's pointed through the glass, the glass walls in this room, you know, and I see you. So you see that young lady standing out there? And I said, yeah. She said, that's your dad's nurse. And I said, yeah, no, I've seen her and talked to her. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, well, she was telling us a little bit about her story. And she got to telling how much she missed her dad. And then she went on to tell oh, the wow. story that uh, her dad had been killed in an automobile accident mm. five years earlier. And I said, uh, that's his daughter. And Mm. she said, yeah, it's his daughter. And we never did tell her. We never did tell her it was us. We didn't want her to feel weird. But what is the chances of me running over and killing her dad? And she took care of my dad. Wow. That's powerful. Here in a local community. So we never know, Mm -mm. right? We never know the circle. We never know. So you know, I don't believe in coincidences, so I don't yeah. think it's coincidental, but, you know, I had to get help. I had to get some professional help to help me work through that. Mm-hmm. The thing that I want your audience to really hear from me now was, is that I had a very strong inner circle. I had built friendships for years and years and years. Um, I had people around me that came and took me to lunch and nurtured me along and helped me walk through that, come to the house. And, you know, they helped me work through that. That's the reason that it's so important to have these relationships. Yeah. Because trials are going to come in our life. We're going to have travesties. There's going to be devastation. There's going to be financial crisis. There's going to be emotional crisis. And God created us to be in community. 100%. Isolation is the enemy to excellence. And if we really want to take our life to the next level, we have to surround ourselves in some form of community. Like we need to borrow other people's courage when we don't have any. Mm. We need people to prop us up when we're tired. And I just want to encourage your listeners today to really think through who is your tribe? Who are your trusted advisors? Who are the people that's walking the journey with you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully, and fortunately, right now, your listeners are not going through a difficult trying time, but there could be that opportunity when they're going to need community. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I say that a lot, you know, is that and number one, we started it off earlier, you know, you never see a lone buffalo going through a, a storm. It's like the entire herd is going through yeah. it. So it's like, who who do you have around you? Who are you surrounded by that, A, they see you about to go through a storm you're so close to them that they see it they sense it and they're like hey aaron we're in this with you 
we're in the fight with you. We're going to, you know, take you out to lunch, whatever, you know, and we're with you. We're not, we're not abandoning you or it's, you feel comfortable and confident enough to, to go to them and say, Hey, I'm about to go through a storm here. I feel like I'm going through a storm or whatever it may be. And they're like, Aaron, you're not alone. We're with you. We're coming with you. It's that camaraderie, right? Yeah. Arm locking arms. And I tell folks all the time that strength begins at the Mm. intersection of transparency and vulnerability. Yes. Now, when you let that facade down and you show your humanity, you show that you don't have it together in every area of your life. Other people are gifted with those skills that they can shore up where Mm -hmm. you're short. Absolutely. So uh, I just want everyone to not be isolated. I want everyone to have those 2 a.m. friends (laughs) call, and you need to invest the time now in order to have. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. You know, it's it is an investment of 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 time. It's an investment of resources. Sometimes, you know, of of whether it's resources you know, traveling over to see them, uh, taking them out to lunch or dinner or whatever, just to, you know, whatever that may be. I think that's the, you know, each person needs to determine like, what is that investment that I need to, and it's really an investment of time and having, sitting down and having those conversations and identifying those. Jeff Forrester and I, he's a good buddy of a good friend of mine. We talk about that often. It's like defining the relationship and the investment that we need to have in one another to sharpen each other, just as your science says behind. And as you mentioned, your iron sharpens iron, right? right? It's that friction sometimes of having people to correct us and to say, Hey, come on, I got you. You, you know, it kind of shake us out of the, the right. little right. funk that we're in sometimes. And the strength of the Buffalo comes from the strength of the herd. Sometimes that Buffalo yeah. is not strong enough, but it's the, the inertia, the energy from sure. the, the, the herd that gives that lends us what we need as well. And so I love that, you know, one thing I want to go back to um, is significance. You talked about that uh, a little bit and finding that in ourselves or, you know, kind of what, with what we do, it's, it's interesting because I, I am really looking out for like, who are those relationships that I want to be around? You know, my, I have a buddy of mine, he spent 26 years with the SEAL teams and, you know, when he left the SEAL teams, he felt like he was abandoned. He felt all alone, you know, all that he's known, the mission, the team, the brotherhood, it was all gone. And so now that he's on the, you know, the civilian side of things, He's like, Tim, I, I had to create my own SEAL team. Yeah. And, you know, now, and so it's like, who, you know, it's like, you've got to create your SEAL team. Yeah. So who are those people around you that you can pull in? And so I'm always, I was prior to that, I was looking with that analogy, I'm looking. And so here this past weekend, I had a beautiful opportunity to, um, had met a guy much like this right here. We were on a podcast and then he had me on his podcast and, uh, and we've just stayed in touch and, and really kind of developed this friendship. And so he invited me, uh, he was going to be in uh, Charlotte area uh, and this is in his circle. So he brought his circle together to kind of help another friend uh, and serve him uh, as they uh, remodeled this, this old mill. So I went, I'm like, Hey, I want to be around high performers. You know, I want to learn from them. And so I went up there and said, hey, I'll volunteer, I'll help. But here's the cool thing about it. As I was serving this owner, the owner of this 
um, old mill and their vision of it being a, a staple, a new, again, a clean staple is because it's all run down. It's about pretty dilapidated, actually. So they're trying to restore it so it looks fresh again and create it as, a, as, an, as an event center there in that community it was from 1889 that this mill was first built super super cool but here's the cool thing though that i want to get to on significance is we don't know when we're serving one the significance of how that impacts others around that one and i saw it a little bit on friday night and don't want to get a little emotional here but um it was cool because here i'm thinking i'm there to serve this man Mm. And yet Friday night, we have this big bonfire, music, live music. We were, we're making dinner and the community just starts pouring in. The people are from that community. They come and they sit, they pull out their lawn chairs and we're like, wow, what are all these people doing? And they were there to see what was going on. They were there to see the life again at this old mill because many of them, wow, <laughs> it yeah. meant so much to them. Yeah, because they have family members in yeah. that area and people. They either some of the old timers. Yeah, the old timers had worked there when they were teenagers or when they were um, um, when they were adults. Their parents had worked there, or their grandparents had worked there. Their entire family, because they grew up in this community, yeah. and so many of them played in the pond out back, you know, yeah. of the river. And it was just neat to hear some of those stories and the significance of the impact that we had on them they were some of them were emotional because of the impact that it made on them for us to come and serve sean the owner but really we're serving them as well so we don't know the significance of what we have when we serve someone else and so um i just uh it's it is vital like even in the midst of a group or a community like you're talking about a, a, a mastermind yeah when we serve them with our our knowledge or our wisdom and our help to help them go to another level the significance that it has or that they have you know on other people What's and so cool it's is, powerful is that when you do that you give and you give and you mm. give that natural reciprocity comes back in mm. x yeah not that your intentions are to give no. back right but the it's just the way humanity works yeah and so when we have a giving spirit when we're the giver and yeah. uh, Gary V talks about jab, 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 right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you, give, you give, and then you got an opportunity to ask. Mm-hmm. That's what iron sharpens iron is. We've developed a brotherhood. Most of the people get in for business, right? They get in, they want to learn. I've grown, you know, bunches of companies and many, many other successful guys there. And then when they get in, they find out it's much more than that. Because it's not just the business. It is about 60% professional, but about 30% is personal. And here's why. I almost lost my family chasing money. Mm. I came home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And I'm like, man, if I don't start paying attention, I'm going to be a rich, old, lonely guy. And my kids are not going to know me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've got to build boundaries and I've got to put guardrails up and I've got to have other people around me holding me accountable, right? They've got to be calling me out and throwing a flag on my yes. back, right? And yes. they've got to call me to task and they've got to let me know, hey, this is not what you said you were going to do. You said you were going to go home at five o'clock. You were going to do this. You were going to do that. You weren't going to work around the clock and you need to 
pitch ball with your little boy and you need to throw a frisbee with your little girl and you need to be at baseball practice and the piano recital and mm. you need to be present when you're present. Yes. And you're sitting on the couch with your wife watching a movie. You don't need to be thinking about that email you're about to send or that big sale tomorrow. Right. And we phone dings. <laughs> right. Questions. Yeah. And then, you know, we deal with it's about 10% spiritual because we mm. all have some spiritual implications or Absolutely. Uh, interest in our lives. And so I thought never again would I teach people just how to make money because a lot of guys offer their families on the altar of sacrifice related to financial gain. And then they wonder, you know, hey, I've gained the world, but I've lost my soul or I've gained the world mm -hmm. and I've lost my family. And uh, that, that won't work long term. I deal with some very, very wealthy people. Some of the most miserable people I've ever dealt with. They have money to burn, but they have no relationships. They have no community. They have no camaraderie. Yeah. They have no brotherhood. They have no 2 a.m. friends. And so I've just made it my life mission to help these people understand how to go in the herd, how to go. Yeah. Try, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's critical. I, I have, I have found that, you know, I, you know, I was about to say later, <laughs> later in life, I still feel like I'm young. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't hit 50 yet, so I'm not at midway, but I'm, I'm knocking on the door sure. and, you know, I started having kids young. I got married young, had kids young. And so uh, my kids are all adults. You know, I have a son who's 26. My daughters are 24. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I'm not even 50 quite yet. So uh, it's, but I didn't see that when I was raising them. You know, I was that yeah. guy that you're referring to. Most people you know? don't, though, Tim, yeah. quite honest with you. We get really caught up in this trap of over-leveraging, mm. uh, over-committing. Yeah. Um, I, I hate it when people with money say, all money is not important. I want to go, you're a liar. It is yeah. important. It's Let's take yes. it away from you and say how important it is. Right? <laughs> My life is way better because I've got a little money, right? hundred percent. But don't make money your central focus. Right. Right. And get enough to do the things you want to do. I enjoy driving a new truck and I have a nice house. I like to take trips, but money is not my God. Money mm -hmm. is a tool designed for me to live a life well lived. And so just get it in the right order, right? Get, get, the, get your priorities in the right order. The money will come. But once you let the tail wag the dog, you're going to be in trouble at some point. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, just keep those things in the right order. That's so good. That's so good. I, I would like to, um, yeah, I feel like now just to, to wrap that thought up and then we'll transition to, you know, I feel like now it's my, my duty is the word that comes to mind. My duty to now that I have the right mindset in the right order of things to start building that life. And, you know, to where it starts to financially, you know, we start to see the fruits of that. Mm -hmm. So now that I can be a blessing to my kids, that I can be a blessing to my family when maybe in the earlier years, it wasn't quite there. So I'm looking forward to that, I'm, you know, coming around to sure. being able to bless them the way uh, I really wanted to. Um, but just to transition, you know, we talked about um, having a community, having a herd, having a tribe, having people around us, those 2 a.m. friends. But what about like, 
you know, I know you're big on mentorship as well. And I've had a few mentors in my life and they've kind of come and go. And I'm a mentor to a young man. And I I feel like it's super vital um, for us to have different levels of mentorship even. And so I would love to to maybe talk a little bit about that and the how it's impacted your life as a mentor and and having mentors and what it's done for you. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of mentors that I've had. David Landreth was one. He was a pastor at my church for 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him seven years ago to cancer. Uh, taught me a lot about leadership. Taught me really a lot about getting my priorities in the right place. Another one that I spent 20 years with, his name's Bob Warren. He lived in Hardin, Kentucky, real small town, about 500 people. He played uh, basketball at Vanderbilt University, went on to play uh, in the NBA, and Mm -hmm. uh, was a phenomenal ball player. They've retired his jersey at Vanderbilt, and uh, he was just an incredible man. But he really helped me understand how to focus. Uh, He really helped me understand how to put things in perspective. I would spend as much time as I could with him. And uh, I lost him also six years ago. And so the two mentors that really walked that journey with me, uh, I've lost. I've got a lot of close friends, a real close inner circle. They're mentors in different ways. Uh, I kind of consider myself to be the mentor of 150 men now in Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind. I'm the founder and the president of Iron Sharpens Iron. And uh, I don't want to say by accident. I didn't start this by accident. It wasn't planned, but I don't believe in coincidences either. Right. Yeah. Uh, I believe the timing was right. I believe God was really preparing me along this journey, uh, having mentors and being able to have the resources and the relationships and the connections. God's really blessed us with a lot of connections uh, all, all around the world now that I'm able to bring in and they guest speak and they're mentors to others and they help and they encourage, they coach. And so I think he's uniquely positioned me to be able to do those things. And so I think it's vital. I think we've always got to be aspiring uh, in reaching up and really uh, following mentors leadership. They can help you dodge the landmines that are mm-hmm. in front of us. I'd rather learn on your dime than mine. And so I'd rather pay attention and listen to the counsel of wisdom. Uh Uh, I want to subject myself to the scrutiny of other people that are really um, conscious about giving me good insight. I want people to be around me that don't have anything to gain or lose as a result of their mentorship because it's easy to be biased. So family members, for example, partners, Uh, It's difficult for them to be unbiased. And so we need people in our corner that can look at it objectively uh, without anything to gain or lose. I want people that are courageous to be my mentor. I want people to not be afraid uh, to throw a flag when they see that one has to be thrown. I want people to be gut level honest with me because if I'm not honest with you, I can't help you. The the thing that I think is most important, though, is if I don't really know you, I can't really help you. And let me Uh explain what I mean by that. There was uh, a young guy that I met with recently, and I said, Robin and I are thinking about buying a condo in Florida, just kind of winter there, you know, and come back to Nashville. What do you think? And he said, "Uh, Big A, I think that would be good. He said, I think that uh, you've probably been successful and you probably can afford it. And I know you and Robin would probably like to go there. Uh, I think it would be good. 
And I said, you know, the truth is you don't know. Mm. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you really don't know because you don't know my propensity. You don't know my superpowers, my aspirations. You don't know Robin that well. You don't know anything about my finances. You're making a perception. Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth is, intimately, you don't know me, so you can't really help me. You see, we'll take blanket advice from people yeah. that may not have any application to your personal life whatsoever because they don't know your history. They don't know where you've been. They don't know what you're interested in. They don't know your values. Mm-hmm. They don't know your financial wherewithal. So, That's the reason we need to be in groups that people know us intimately. Then they can help you. And it's what we do in the mastermind every week. We have man in the middle where you really just kind of unveil in front of everybody and say, here's what I'm dealing with in all these arenas. We know their finances. And that takes time because you got to trust people. And so that takes time to build that kind of rapport with people. But how in the world can I give you financial advice, Tim, if I don't know anything about the data? Yeah. We had one guy for years and years before we started really going to this level. And uh, we were giving him wrong advice because he had never shared with us intimately. Once we've started doing that over the course of time, we have seen remarkable improvements in so many areas of people's lives. They're very transparent relationally financially, spiritually, personally, physically, emotionally, they really just take the facade down. And then we go, okay, now we're at a solid foundation. We can build from here. Yeah. And the ability for people to take that and go forward has been mind boggling. Mm. So yeah, I think know people to help each other. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, to your point, it's only as good as the output, you know, that the individual is willing to give, you know, if I'm, if I'm holding back, you can't yeah. help me a hundred percent. And so, so I'm, how do you, cause this is something, like I've said, I've had them in the past and, and it was more or less, they approached me. I, I didn't seek them out, but I'm in a place now where I value coaching, but also value mentorship, which is two different things. Um, And so how how do you, how would you, you know, having mentors and good mentors, like you're saying, you said you you look for courageous people, but how do you, how do you find mentors? How do you, you know, even for Mm -hmm. listeners who are maybe needing someone like that in their life, how would they go about that? Yeah. Well, a number of different ways. Um, uh, You know, there again, I've said a number of times on this call, I'm a person of faith. And so for me, uh, I would look at the local church, uh, Mm -hmm. find somebody that has high character, somebody that is regarded highly there. There's business people in your community that's highly regarded. You know, I would search them out. The funny thing is a lot of people make a false assumption that people are too busy to mentor them, but there's nothing, there's no greater compliment than for a young man to ask you to mentor him. Now you can only do so much. We all have a bandwidth and we have our families and our businesses, but there's no greater compliment for somebody to come to you and say, Hey, I really admire you. Uh, I've watched you, your reputation precedes you. And I would really like for you to consider mentoring me? Would you be of interest? Mm -hmm. Even if they say no, it's going to make it easier for you to ask the next time. But 
that person may have just the right person for you, right? They run in yeah. circles of good people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they may have somebody that can mentor you. The other way, obviously, is kind of what we do professionally, you know, even in the mastermind. I mean, that's, we vet people, uh, we pair people mm-hmm. up with people, we help people with accountability partners. I can't even begin to tell you how many people are mentoring and coaching and helping, even within the brotherhood. Oh, that's cool. And so, uh, yeah, do it that way. I've got three guys that I meet with every Monday morning that I've been meeting with accountability partners now for just under 30 years. Mm. And this is my third group. I've worn three groups out, but these three guys <laughs> I've been meeting with over 15 years and they know everything about me, right? I have no idea where I would be if I didn't have that level of accountability. Yeah. And so we need mentors in our life. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you have good people around you that can mentor you, that can walk with you, it can save you a lot of heartache. Yeah, I think that's the thing to really like, like hammer home, so to speak, is that the it's again, it's only as good as you're talking about accountability groups, uh, uh, masterminds, or mentorships. It's it's really only as good as you know. I had a pastor who said like, uh, accountability only works if the if the not the accounter, you know, because I'd be the accountant. The accountee, right, is willing and wanted it in their life. And I've had that before. Where, that. Yeah. What's that? You can't impose. No, you cannot. On anyone. You have to subject yourself to that. Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. Why would you not want to do that? You know what keeps us from doing it? Our <laughs> ego and our pride. 100%. Yes. And when I first got involved in mastermind groups, I didn't want to do it. And I told Robin, Dave Ramsey invited me to join his group. And I said, Robin, I don't want to do that. Dave's going to be all up in my business. He's going to be asking me personal questions. He's going to be in. She's like, why don't you just go try it? For the first three months, I just sat around the table and I didn't really say much. But when Dave started telling me problems he was having and then Dan Miller did and then Ken Abraham problems with his wife and then Jeff had some situations with his kids. I went home. I said, Robin, they're more screwed up than I am. And she started laughing. And I said, hey, this is a safe place. Yes. These guys are for real. They're really being vulnerable. And so I would go in there then and I would say, hey, I don't really have, you know, this situation ironed out. Can you help me? Or I'm having this cash flow problem or I've got this situation with my wife, you know, and and like, I don't know what to do. And the guys Mm -hmm. would give me advice that had been married longer than me. And I'd go back and try it and I'll be dead gum if it didn't work. And I was like, man, this is gold. And I just, (laughs) I raised my kids that way. And now my grandkids and man, there's just nothing like being around a table or being online virtually. And that's the way we do it with people that care about you, that you're meeting every single week doing life with. And it's just the success just magnifies so greatly in every area of your life. Yeah. And it just catapults you to that next level that you just simply can't do alone. Yeah. And and I th- I'd say like for me, uh, I really started getting into uh, this in 2019. So a, a few years back, you know, really started kind of getting into creating a mastermind for myself or putting myself in one, asking for guys to challenge me, asking for guys to call out my blind spots. Um, I even had a mentee of mine uh, and I still mentor him. You know, I, I asked him, you know, what blind spots do you see of me? Mm. You know, so I'm not always quote unquote, like talking down, so to speak. I'm asking him also to, to, 
to, to look at me. Like, what is he, he seeing me? I guarantee yeah. you, he can help you, right? He, yeah. These guys are sharp and there's so many things that they can see. And you know what I'm finding out is uh, they want to do life real. They're starving to death for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they'll throw a flag in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> give them permission, right? So, exactly. I love that. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, I'm still eager to go to that next level, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always looking mm-hmm. to like, okay, how do I surround myself? Not how, but where, like, where are those guys that are living at a higher temperature than, than I feel like I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm always wanting to turn that temperature up, turn that dial up mm-hmm. uh, because we can get stagnant. We can get complacent with where we are and very comfortable and, you know, facing the storm, having those tough conversations, calling people out. That's all about being the Buffalo. It's all about, um, uh, you know, just, facing those things and it's we get better we get stronger we get sharper uh by doing that by surrounding ourselves with other people who want that and we Mm -hmm. i have a group you know guys and i can see you know we can tell the ones that are going to bounce you know they're just not all in and that's that's okay i mean hopefully at some point they they'll come around to that but there's the guys that really just go all in and just to your point they're open they're honest about where they are those are the the guys whose lives have like really um increased uh, dramatically is is because there's a level of accountability just showing up when you speak, hey, this is what I'd like to do. This is where I would like to be. Okay, what are the tasks that we need to put in place in order for you to accomplish that goal? Mm-hmm. Next week, I want you to come back and report how you did. Well, you know, by human nature, we procrastinate. We always yeah. kick the can down the road. But when you got to go in there next week and report on the task that you completed or not, you don't want to go in there and be a loser. Right. right? So <laughs> when true. you do the task, the goal happens. Yes. And so it's just that, like, I loathe working out. I hate working out worse than anything. I lost 54 pounds in the past several months, and I've hired a trainer. I don't need the trainer to tell me what to do. I need the trainer that I'm paying money to be there so I'll show up and do the work, right? Yeah. It's the accountability. Yeah. I wouldn't go. I guarantee you I wouldn't go if I didn't have that accountability. Same way in these masterminds, the same way in anything. We have these aspirational goals. We start out strong out of the gate, right? And then we taper off and then we yeah. don't complete. And you wonder why you don't complete anything because you got nobody in your tribe that's pushing you every single week. We have guys that are doubling, tripling, quadrupling their income, they're buying product. Listen, fun story. We had three, two guys that own three houses. Two brothers, they own three properties when they joined Iron Sharpens Iron three years ago. They just bought their 250th house. And they did it through investment resources from within the group. They had a strategy that they implemented. They've learned so much. That's just one tiny story. Mm -hmm. One guy was a police officer and the other guy was a a broker that uh, does mortgages on houses and like, They knew that there was money to be made in real estate, but because they surrounded themselves with other competent, capable people to help them build systems and processes, right? They didn't even know to know that. Mm. And see, that's what the value is. It's not, listen, some of these meetings suck. You're in a meeting, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's. but then you're in one meeting and you go, wait a minute, what did you say? And they repeat it and you go, that's that's what I need. That's the Mm -hmm. goal right there. And see, it's that continuous, right? That's the guy that wins. It's the guy that keeps showing up. Just keep showing up. Keep chipping away. Yeah. Yeah. So good. 
Well, you know, I think I would love for you to maybe talk about like the, your process uh, as far as like how guys, you know, or that are listening, maybe they're interested in what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be in some sort of high level mastermind yeah. group. So what's your process and how can they, how can they check you out? Yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't know I was going to get that opportunity to say yeah. this. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, viewfromthetop.com is our website. So the easiest thing to do is go there. You can kind of check out who we are and what we do. We're really looking for people that uh, want to go all in. Like you said earlier, it's like, hey, this is scary. And I don't really know exactly what this looks like. But we vet every person that comes in. There's an application process. You fill it out. You meet with me or one of my team members. And we just talk through, you know, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Where are you at? There are some people, and I always tease when I say this, I say there's some guys that don't know their butt from third base and they're <laughs> trying to make it, but they're good people, right? Yeah. I mean, solid. They really want to do the right thing. There's other people that are very successful on large companies, but I like the diversity because you can be the mentor or the mentee, right? Mm-hmm. You can always be aspiring up. We only put 10 guys in a group. And so you may be in a group where, on the financial totem pole, you're at the bottom. You could yeah. be in the middle. You may be at the top, but there's other guys within the organization. You get to know everybody in the whole organization. It's not just your group. We do every week what's called wins. We just come on, gets people excited, like these tear these wins. Then we do what's called man in the middle to where you come on a rotation basis among these 10 people. You share the projects that you're working on, any trials, things that you're dealing with. There are so many tools that we have to help with your success. There's accountability tools. We do a program called Come As You Will Be. And what that means is is you lay out your aspirational goals in five key areas, and then you report back weekly through this accountability tool. And we know that you're staying on task every single Mm. week. So we're not for the tire kickers. We're not for the faint at heart. I mean, if you get in our organization, you're going to go for it and you're going to be willing to call out other people. They call you out. Like, please don't even apply if you're not serious about growing in every area of your life. It's not just a business mastermind. I explained earlier in the interview why, because Mm -hmm. there's many other facets of your life and we want to be sure you're whole in your entirety. And so we're looking, we've got guys that have been meeting in the same groups for six and seven years. The same group. And now these guys are investing in each other. They're growing businesses. They're starting businesses. That's they're awesome. real estate together. Uh, they're doing podcast interviews with each other. Uh, it's it's a fiasco. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable <laughs> at all because we've created a community. Yeah. And there are people that have been vetted, that are trustworthy, that are honorable. And some people may be listening to this think like, I'm not at that level yet. Well, we don't expect you to be at that level yet. But mm-hmm. if you want to be at that level, you've got to get around people that are at that level yeah, in order right. to help you, right? To pull you right. up and help you. And so, yeah, we do another fun thing. Every Tuesday, I teach for 45 minutes and it's free. There's no charge. People just come. I teach on transition. I teach on getting unstuck. I teach mm-hmm. on accountability. And it's called Tuesday Noon Live. L-I-V-E. Tuesday Noon. Dot live. And you can go there and register. 
We're not going to bug you to death. We're not going to, we just, I just teach. I'm a big believer in giving, helping, encouraging. And so come there, check us out. And uh, we'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. I love the, uh, the breakdown of the mastermind iron sharpens iron. So guys who want to really kind of go to a whole nother level, but then also the Tuesday call where they can just kind of kick the tire, so to speak, and hear what you're talking about and uh, see what other, what other kind of caliber people are there. And then Then we get together twice a year in person and historically it's in Nashville but here's the cool thing you're going to love. I pay for everything. All you got to do is get here. I pay for Just the hotel. I pay for the food, the speakers. Wow. That's part of the dues. And yeah. so we, we cover everything. We just had 112 guys came in wow. from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And we met from Thursday night to Sunday at noon. And it was unbelievable. I bet. I bet. You know, I've been to a few things like that and they're just so powerful. You're, you do uh, your business, your life, everything just goes to that next level. And uh, I love that, you know, there's a couple times a year because sometimes we can get stagnant and, you know, it's just those stepping stones. We just keep stepping, uh, but you got to put yourself in the right community and surround yourself right. with the right people. So right. Right. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today and uh just you know really i think to leave the the conversation and the listeners with just the importance of surrounding yourself i mean we've hit it so many times but just really the importance of that because i wanted to have that conversation because whether they're in the midst of a storm whether coming out of one maybe they need someone maybe they're about to go in one we all need to be surrounded by the right people and i'm big on preparation preparing for what's to come and if we're not preparing ourselves uh you know the devil the storms the life whatever is going to eat our lunch and so we need to prepare ourselves for for what's to come so thank you so much for helping us prepare Thank you, buddy. It's been an honor to be your guest. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. That will definitely help us get this message out to more people. Also, if you haven't done so already, let's connect. You can connect with me on my website, timdouglasinspires.com, and or on the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let me know that you listened to the podcast and that's how you found me. Lastly, stay tuned for more to come. And I definitely want to thank you again for subscribing, for sharing this with your friends, leaving a review, all that good fun stuff. So until next time, go out there, face your storms, make your difference in the world, and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way podcast. Thank you.